Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. And for the past seven days, we have played a game. And in this podcast, we're going to tell you how we fared in those seven days playing the game, how long we've lasted, and general, uh, our thoughts about the game. Hmm. Is it a Halloween spooktacular? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. No. We uh, missed that marketing opportunity. We did. We're already in November, so we can't, we can't do it. We missed it. We blew it. Yeah, next but, year. But for the past seven days, we have played Bad North, Yotun edition. Love that Swedish accent, Sam. Thanks. I've been practicing all my life for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Swedish. <laughs> Um, so bad North. Which you could be considering the amount of time you spend in Stockholm. I know, know. right? I, I, I think I roughly calculated that I've been in Sweden something like, uh, over 30 times <laughs> in the past six years. That is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> if you're new to the show, Sam, well, and I both work for Spotify, whose headquarters is in Hello. Sweden. Hello. So that is why we spend a lot of time there, but that is bonkers. <laughs> I know. Uh, so. Bad North is from uh, is made by developers in Malmo, ah, in Sweden. Sam, you are really hitting out of the park today. <laughs> Malmo is a city in Sweden. Uh, did I think? I'm not sure location wise. I'm gonna say south. Maybe? Yeah, I believe it is south. Okay, ish. It's south everything ish south, south Stockholm. It, yeah. Yeah, unless it's just ice and snow. That's north. Right. And so this game is published through Raw Fury, which is a pretty popular indie game publisher. Is that Nick's Fu- Nick Fury's little game publisher? It's Nick Fury's inner psyche. It's yeah. very raw. <laughs> uh, they've published other games previously. Um, there's a really popular one called Dandara, which is sort of like an action-paced, you know, you zoom around and kill things sort of game. And so they're used to like really well-developed games um, that are sometimes like sort of like the pixel-based games, but this game is not pixel-based. I mean, it is pixel-based, but it's more 3D. Yes. And if I were to describe the game, I'd say that this is a real-time strategy game. An RTS. S. Yeah. So That's an acronym I've learned in the last week. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, you have control of certain units and it's sort of micromanaging said units <laughs> your favorite right <laughs> it's describe actually, your management style <laughs> <laughs> where you have to place them uh very tactically so that they interface with the enemies at certain points and your point is to have all your units alive and all your enemy units dead right you have control over the units but the specific individuals and how they act is automated for you right so they have certain parameters where like you know, you can assign them certain weapons or something like that. And then you see how they fare with those weapons versus the enemy's weapons. And you see like your little units dwindling uh-huh. and their units dwindling. And hopefully you come out for the best. Now, would you say this is different to that other game we played, which is like the tower defense game called uh, Bad Lands? Nope. No, it was um, Kingdom Rush. Yeah. <laughs> It's Kingdom Rush Vengeance. Vengeance. Oh my yeah. gosh, we played that almost 12 months ago. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so Kingdom Rush is a, it, that's like a tower defense game, right? But I did feel like this game had a lot of that tower defense mentality in there. And I think yeah. generally, like, tower defense games kind of has that, that uh, well, the good ones have like that RTS motive as well. 
Oh, I see. So you could classify tower defense, some tower defense games as RTS. Right. They're not separate. Exactly. I would say they're like a RTS offshoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like people who are familiar with RTSs probably are also very familiar with tower defense games because they kind of have the same spirit. Like you're building units, right? Your unit spawns, you're upgrading your towers and sort of like going through waves of enemies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this game. But this game. I suppose you don't really have so many towers. Like towers, right. you're defending houses mm-hmm. and you're moving your military bases around, but it's not like there's a cannon exactly. that you have to use. Right. And it feels like semantics, but that seems that but that apparently is a differentiator in terms of a game genre. Right. Like you are moving your people around. It's really your people that you're focused on. I mean, you are trying to defend your island, in which case mm-hmm. in this game, each separate island is uh, a map. And so you kind of have to quickly get familiarized with the way that your map is. Uh, And the way that the enemies appear is that they come towards these little boats from the fog towards your island. And you kind of have to like do a 360 twirl around your island to see which direction they're coming from. And then quickly uh, move your units towards the point that you think those boats will land on on your island. Or at least that is one strategy you can use. That is one strategy. Or you can let them land. And then try and find like, oh, you can see there's going to be like a kind of staircase or like a rock cavern, which is like a choke point. So you're like, oh, I can just position all my people here and then, you know, attack the enemies as they try and pass through this like small crevasse. Crevasse of an island. Right. And so the cool thing here is that there isn't any sort of groundwork or like a path that you see Mm. on the island. Right. So you kind of have to get familiar with the way that your units do move around. Like sometimes you think, okay, this unit can totally come down from like this little ledge. But then when you click on the point at which you want your characters or like your units to move, it has to go around the island. It has to go around in another direction. So there's some familiarity that you need to get to know in like pathfinding of your characters. Uh, yes, I'm so, I'm starting to see now the difference between this and a tower defense, where with a tower defense, you you can see the path the enemy's going to take, and then, you know, before it starts, you need to kind of position your towers right. with that knowledge of where the enemy's going to be. Whereas here, it's all a little bit more, Mexico, they could kind of go anywhere. Yeah. And, but you're also flexible to move your your units as needed. Exactly. And I think there is some strategy later on and later parts of the game where you can actually use those cliffs um, mm-hmm. to your advantage. Yeah. Uh, later on towards the game, as you sort of, you keep your units around and alive, uh, and the more maps you sort of complete, um, then you get gold for saving the amount of houses. So each house will have like a, a monetary denomination. So like if you save the little small house on a map, you'll get one coin for it. But if you save the big house that's up there, you'll get three coins for it. And some... Islands will have, you know, like three little houses or like one big house and one little house. And depending on which ones you save, the more you save, the more gold you get. And you can use this gold to upgrade your characters, your units, essentially. More firepower. More, more firepower. <laughs> uh, do you think, I think also the maps and the islands are kind of pseudo randomly generated. As right. Well, right. That is the, that is, I think, the thing that really attracted me towards this game which was the fact that these are beautiful. First of all, mm. everything about the game is absolutely beautiful. Yes, agreed. Not only like the the textures that they used on the islands, 
um, and like the interface that sort of like move around really nicely and like the button styles. But the the islands themselves are procedurally generated uh, very smartly. And not only that, like, you know, if something is on a cliff, like it automatically looks like a cliff and then the grass is like nicely placed on top of that mm. cliff. And then a house, I think even the houses are pseudo randomly generated. So if it's like a bigger house, it'll have like one certain style, but that style won't always be the same. Uh, so it's very interesting the way that they program this game. Yeah, they've done a great job. It looks flawless. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Sam, how did you get on with the game? Um, I liked it. There was lots. Of, I, I really felt like this was one of the, you know, RTS is a really hard type of game to put on mobile. You know, one of the things that you need yeah. on mobile for it to really feel like an RTS is that micromanaging aspect. But a lot of times when people attempt to create RTS games on the mobile, you get into the issue of like, oh, screen's too small. It's really hard to micromanage these units. Um, you know, the moments, the, the, the gameplay length either gets too long or it's like way too short. And I feel like they've struck a really good balance of this for this game especially yeah. on mobile. Like the tapping works really well. When you select a character, it kind of goes into like a slow motion mode. So it gives you time to think. Um, when you place, when you tell them where to go, you know, like the map is automatically gridded out into certain points. So it's not just like free form. And so it gives you a little bit more of a self, like a sense of control. And then when you tap on a location, it doesn't go there immediately. It kind of gives you uh, a double tap to confirm that move. So I think they've done a lot of things that really make it work. Um, and I think for like an RTS game, it's done a really good job of making it feel like an RTS game. And they've done a great job of cutting down on visual clutter as mm -hmm. well. I think of some of the other games I've played that where like every single like character on screen has like a health meter floating above their head. And it just, you know, who has what and why is this right. here? They've done away with it entirely. You know, you can just see like, oh, how many people are in this unit? Right. That's how healthy they are. You know? Yeah which is kind of smart. Really. It's it's very smart. I think they've made a lot of really smart moves. And yeah, it's not about like the stuff they added, but really about yeah. the stuff they didn't show. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell like how much damage is happening all around an area because there's like slight blood splatter. Right. You know, not grotesquely either. It's like just very well done where like this area has seen some action. <laughs> yeah. How far did you get, Edwin? Mm. Well, I want to say that my progress is not reflective of my enjoyment of the game, mm. merely the uh, time I had this week for, mm. for playing. And we should, we should mention the interesting way that this game sort of tracks its progress. Um, so I guess if you start one campaign, it, there's a slight roguelike element here <laughs> where you start from one island and it sort of progresses uh, towards other islands to your right. But you also start with two units that you can select from off the bat or two, essentially two battalions that you can start off the bat. And then uh, the way that the maps progress onwards is that you sort of have like this multiple choice of like, if I take on this island first, I can get more coins to upgrade my characters. But if I take another route and go to this island, I have the capability of acquiring a new battalion, mm. right? In which I can, I can then control. So it, it's kind of smart in that things, I don't think things are, will always be the same, but it gives you this nice sense of like progression 
without it feeling too much like a roguelike and then without it feeling too random. Yeah. One thing I didn't quite understand was on the sort of map view is the turns. You oh, kind right. of go next turn and then you kind of, the map kind of opens up in one direction and closes up kind of behind you. Yeah. So I which think, I didn't quite understand. Right. So what happens is in between each level, which is essentially in between each map or island, uh, you have a choice to like step forward to the next turn. And this is mainly to say, I think it's also to say, hey, your your army is really tired. They need to recuperate. Mm. And so while you're on this next island or while you're on this island, you can hit the next turn, which then makes your units all rejuvenate. So they're all back on their full fighting force. Um, it also then what happens is like the as the fog opens up to your right. The fog of war. The fog of war opening up to your right, which, you know, shows you more islands to choose from. What also happens is that there's like a shadow from your left side that covers up your previous islands. And I think this is to give a sense that, you know, you do need to progress and you do need to go forward. Mm. You can't just remain around on like the easier islands all your time. Um, yeah, I you, see. Because you can replay uh, the same map again in order to get more coins. You can redeploy on that map. But I think this is just to prevent you from continually spamming that to get more gold and then to progress. So Right, interesting. Yeah, you yeah. have those choices to like level up your characters essentially. Yeah, I suppose I was, it wasn't clear to me, at least at the beginning, that the turns on the map aren't related to the marauders that are attacking your island mm. in the the battle mode, as it right, were. Like, yeah. Especially as, oh, there's like darkness creeping behind you. It's like, oh, wait, does that mean that they've taken those islands behind my back without me knowing? Oh, that could be it. But maybe that but is then you, it. But you can't go back to defend them either. Right. So they've, they've been overturned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also when you're once you've got your coins you can go spend them on new things i think you have you start with two commanders and you can get a third one and a fourth and when you tap on them to begin with it does say like oh fatigued and it does have the next turn icon next to it which i now realize they're trying to give you a visual visual clue to say oh hey tap the next turn icon to fix this but i'm like tapping on the fatigue's word to say like okay well how do i unfatigue them now that was a little confusing i think that just yeah. took a little bit of getting used to yeah. um what could have helped in this scenario is a little bit of story yeah <laughs> on like what that gray fog you know coming into your left meant yeah and then what that opening up meant you know like i still don't know what the goal of this is i think you're just here to like defend your islands but why am I defending these islands? Who are these people that are keep attacking the islands? Like, I, I'm still not sure what's happening. I don't know if that was explained. What's my motivation here? Exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I was ever explained. I was just really in, drawn in by, by the beauty of the game. Yeah. And so I kind of took it for granted. But you're right. Like, that was never fully explained to me. Shall we get to the three by threes? Three things good and three things bad. Three things you recommend to other potential players and three things you would give them as warnings warning yeah i think you'd like this game if you are yeah interested in sort of real-time strategy game but in like perfect bite-sized amounts they've done a great job of making the levels seemingly the perfect length which is no more than a minute maybe a minute and a half 
which I think was something we ran into with Kingdom Rush Vengeance on the like longer levels. As you got later on there, like it would take 15 minutes to for all of the enemies to walk by and it's like, oh boy, that's got slow. Uh, whereas here, perfect little bite-sized island and perfect little bite-sized levels. Mm. And I think also at some point it's sped up in time. And I don't know how I did that, but there was almost like a fast forward option where everyone started moving quickly. Oh, interesting. I never got it to happen again. Maybe I just had too much wine that night, but <laughs> it seemed that things suddenly <laughs> sped up. The game sort of auto-detected. They're like, oh wait, I can see there's going to be a little while before the next wave of enemies comes. Let's speed it up or something. Did you come across that at all? No. That okay. Seems, yeah, that seems weird. Okay. Hmm. I've never come across that. Maybe that's just a quirk of Maybe. iOS 13. This is kind of still <laughs> buggy as hell. It's the pro mode. You're <laughs> oh, playing in pro version. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you like really well-designed things, I feel like this game has it in spades. Like, I feel not only are the graphics absolutely beautiful for you to look at, you know, every little element about the interface just shines with personality and some like a style that's really unique to this game. Like this game is obviously based in like North, sorry, not North, North, Norse. It's hard to say. Norse mythology. And it has all those little elements like strewn all throughout the interface, which is great. And, you know, there's something that's so beautiful about things being randomly generated. And I feel there's so many things about this game that's randomly generated, but still beautiful that really might potentially entrance you. Agreed. I'm not sure I have any other specific good points other than it is a delightful game that I very much enjoy playing. Yeah, you me know? too. If you like, I mean, yeah. Again, if you really like the sense of upgrading your characters and having a little bit deeper RTS style gameplay, um, there's a really interesting thing about the characters or your units here where after you get the gold, you can upgrade them and there's like different tech trees that you can upgrade them to. Like each character, you can either upgrade them as better swordsmen or archers or pikemen, all having their strength and weaknesses. You know, you have the capability to do that and then there seems to be a pretty rich tactical play here uh, or richer than than most like mobile, simple tower defense styles. Yeah, but not too much. But not too much, as well. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not like managing the minutiae of, 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 uh, of everything. Right. Yeah. So if you like that, give this a whirl. Bad points. Bad Sam. points. My bad points are pretty minor, mm-hmm. but if you if you don't like the micromanaging aspect, um, I feel like sometimes this can get a little bit too micromanagey, especially because you do have to move around your characters a lot on the map. You have to move on little squares on a little island on a little map uh, and sort of double-clicking them. It might not provide the most fluid experience for gameplay, and it does require you to be pretty focused within that time. Um, So if you're not about that stuff, this game might not be for you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think this is going to be a problem for most people, but for me, the sound design was so cute. That like I felt so stressed that like, I must win. I don't, which I normally, which I don't feel, which I don't remember feeling before in other games. But here, I really felt the pressure to win each battle, which kind of distracted me a little bit because it was, I was too tense. That's so funny because like the the sound design was so cute. Yeah, that's interesting. Or like I felt such like oh no, I have to look after my armies. <laughs> yeah, there's something really great about like whenever you tap into each character, each character has a <laughs> voice. They're like, huh. 
And it sounds strangely Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> Her? Who? There were some times where I would just tap between characters. Who? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but really, we're grasping at straws to find bad any points. kind of bad points. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like military strategy games, I'm, this is probably not for you. Right. But it is delightful. It's a delightful game. Yeah. Edwin, how many days have you played Bad North, your tune edition? This is a solid six. Mm. I didn't get as much time as I wanted to this week. So, you know, I didn't quite get as far as I wanted, but it's delightful and I will be playing it some more. Yeah, this is a six out of seven for me as well. Uh, I definitely found every moment that I spent with it super delightful and finding new things that I really liked about it. But overall, like... um, you know, the RTS aspect of it without the story, I think is very difficult for me to sort of go on. But even just because of the quality of this game and like the way that it was so finely made, I did last six days. Yep. Uh, would have been less without all those good qualities. But if it had a story, it would have been a full seven for me. <laughs> a full Sam seven. <laughs> so thank you, the people who made Bad North. That was a great experience. I would highly recommend it for those that want to check out a mobile RTS game. Now, Edwin, it is up to you to determine what game we shall play for the next seven days. What game shall we play? Well, Sam, restring that racket because we are playing tennis. As a first, I think, on seven days to play, we have not really played a tennis game. In fact, we've not really played any sports games, maybe the occasional soccer game. I will leave it an open question as to whether you consider golf a game Mm. or not, or sports at least. We're playing sports. We're playing Tennis Clash. Ooh. Be the best player online. Tennis Clash. Are these the people that made the Clash games or is this just a, a fun... <laughs> a fun ripoff of that. I did take a look. They have only... Uh, Wildlife Studios Limited. They uh, have Zuba, action and adventure game, but that seems to be the only other games they have put out so far. Mm. So not associated with Clash Royale, not associated with... Uh, Wii Tennis. I'm looking, I'm, I'm seeing some of the screens for it and it looks pretty good. It is in portrait mode. Uh, well, indeed. In fact, may I just read you one sentence from the description? Controls are really simple and intuitive. You only need to swipe in order to play, leaving you able to even play it with only one, wow, that's really hard to say, leaving, leaving you able to even play with only one hand if you want to. Hopefully the gameplay play is smoother than their writing. Right. <laughs> but it looks like a kind of online, you're playing against other people and uh, you get to play tennis with swiping mm. as a wipe. Sam, you have seven days to play Tennis Clash. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back in seven days to find out if that's true. Before we go, Edwin, do you have a thing of the week? I have a new PUBG streamer that I'm enjoying watching on Twitch. Mm-mm. Do I need to explain those two terms? I don't think so. Okay. If not, tweet me, I'll tell you. Uh, John Lonnie is, is just a, such a wholesome streamer that I've been enjoying a lot. Um, he plays mostly PUBG and a little bit of Ape Legs, Yep, which I've forgotten the actual name of. Uh, Apocalypse Legends. Mm. Was, it, was it really called? Uh, Apex Legends. Apex Legends, okay. <laughs> um, but he uh, never gets mad. I think the most swearing he says is butts. It's, mm. it's very wholesome and cute. And they also have a bunch of fun stuff around the game, like uh, little additions. They play What's in the Box, 
uh, on every stream whereby there is a mystery item in the box and everyone in chat gets a gets one yes no question every hour uh, uh, but with unlimited just direct guesses is it a physical box yes that he has yep, has on a the camera, camera. yeah yeah it's, it's really well done uh, there's a bunch of other little mechanics around that for getting extra clues and stuff I think he's like a slightly technical tech guy so he's kind of hooked up the like nightbot commands in chat to a whole bunch of like lights and stuff on stream oh, it works really well interesting uh they also have a bunch of other fun games they play like bad decision mode so when <laughs> there's you know when most of your team is dead and you're like okay we just need to get out of this how do we get this game over quickly they turn on bad decision mode where you get like a cable news chiron breaking breaking news this team is playing terribly where oh, they essentially excellent. run towards any uh any gunfire they hear or just you know generally be amazing aggressive. sounds like a good time and my other fun game they play is what's that crunch <laughs> where one of the other team members eats something on on mic and you have to guess what he's eating <laughs> so it's a good time what's the streamer called john lonnie john lonnie yeah sounds like a good time i'll check it out Let's- my thing of the week is a popular movie that no one has ever mentioned on the history of the internet. Uh, it's called Parasite. Mm. The newest movie from Boon Jung Ho. Boon Jung Jun Ho. Boon, Boon Jun Ho. That's it. Do you want to get a clean take of that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. It's the latest movie by Boon Jun Ho. Ah. No, what? sorry. It's the latest movie from Bong Jun Ho. He has directed previous movies as Snowpiercer. Which I watched last weekend. And so happens. Exactly. And Okja, which is a Netflix movie about um, food mm. and all that stuff. I like food. Yeah. Uh, and also like previous movies that are just like a- absolutely excellent. Like I think I've loved every one of his movies. Um, but it's the latest one. And it's the one the internet is buzzing about. And it is not a horror film. Mm, it's like a thriller. Yeah. Not like a horror, you know, it's not like really gory or anything like that. It's just a really, really interesting movie. Mm. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, it's only on my list of things to watch. It's in theaters now. Uh, I The cinematography is just absolutely gorgeous. And the story is sort of, uh, it just unfolds in like ways that... Mm. You know, you're like, where is this going? Okay. But in a good way. Yeah, definitely want to see it. I do say I want to see it, yet I've not bought tickets to that, but I do have tickets to see Terminator, mm. Dark, Rising, Phoenix. I forget what it's called. Do Dark. you reserve your seats? Oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. It's the to. only way. I can't live any other way. Because <laughs> I do suffer, we maybe talked about this before, but I do suffer from pre-seating anxiety. Right. And especially if your beloved significant other is incapable, incapable of being on time for anything, let alone early for something to get the good seats. Just having reserved seats makes everything a little easier. <laughs> Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate. That's it. Dark Fate. It yeah. does look good. It has Sarah Connor back in action, right? Linda yeah. Hamilton. Good old Linz. Yeah. Well, come back next week to find out if it's actually good. And it has like, I, I've seen, I've caught a couple of the trailers and it just seems like there's a new sort of, I think it might be T3000. Is it T4000? I mean, it's always a new. Might be T9000. (laughs) Right. Yep. It's another one of those like morphing bots. They're back. They're mighty. Yeah. And they're morphing. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, We'll see. 
in from all I know about it is David Cameron is producing and he's been involved in it a little James bit. James Cameron. Yes. What did I say? David Cameron. Okay, that's a different thing <laughs> entirely. That would be oh god. Who's David Cameron? He was the ex-British Prime Minister that called the <laughs> vote on the, the Brexit referendum. So that would be a horrible that would, movie. Yeah, that, would, that would. Dark fate indeed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> England. Dark fate. Uh, James Cameron has been involved in it. Uh, it apparently disregards everything that's happened after T2. Oh, excellent. So, so it's like T3 in blood. Yes, in theory. Uh, directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool. So, you know, oh, interesting. in theory, on paper, and as you say, Sarah Connor is back. Linda Hamilton is back. So yeah, in theory, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I have, I realized I have seen every single Terminator movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Strangely. Like, I think I've seen them in theaters, which is very odd. Like, you don't think, you wouldn't think that you would. But yeah, even that really weird one where they're trapped in that nuclear bunker. Terminator Genesis. No, Salvation. Salvation. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched that one as well. And I didn't particularly enjoy that no, one. No, <laughs> I think that's probably the worst one. Genesis was pretty good. That's the one where they like have like this weird time machine. Yeah. Right? With yeah. like the CEO millionaire, something like that. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to say T3 isn't that bad. Which one was T3? That's the one with the first, the female Terminator. And then it ends in nuclear apocalypse. Oh, okay. That was the one before Salvation. Yeah. Right. Which I, was, I remember being like, whoa, oh my God. It, uh, Judgment what? Day really happened. She the one that's with the red leather jacket. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was T3? I think so. Mm. Okay. It's been yeah. a while, but I do remember going like, you know what? T3 is not bad. Yeah. And I'm sure you watched the TV series as well. Do you know what? I've not. Oh. That's actually maybe on my list of things to... Uh, to start watching again because I think I watched like the first season of it and it actually wasn't bad because it has the Cersei from oh, as, Get Out as uh, Linda Ham- as uh, mm. Sarah Connor. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> All right, that's my weekend sorted, and maybe I'll rewatch T one and two. Right, they're both good movies. Yeah, love them. Um, but that's our show. Yes, Sam, you have seven days to play tennis, smash tennis, clash. clash. Well, the smash would have been better because you actually right. do smash. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, notes for the developers there. You have seven days to play tennis. Clash. Clash. <laughs> tweet us gaming suggestions at seven days to play on Twitter and Instagram. What did I say to tweet me about? Um, oh, tweet me if you don't know what PUBG or Twitch is. Right. Hopefully you do. But no shade if you don't because <laughs> it's quite nerdy. And we will see you next week. Seven days to play. Seven days to play.